0: Hey guys, thank you for listening to episode 47 of Sheer Crime. I'm Amy. And I'm Kenzie. And this week, we cover another episode from the A&E series, The Killer Speaks. Dina Riley was having a tough time coming off of a year that most people would call rock bottom, when she met and fell for Richard Davis. He was charming, stable, and intelligent. All of the things Dina was lacking in herself. But soon, his dark past comes face-to-face with their budding new relationship. Luring women in with the promise of meth, Richard and Dina engage in violent sexual threesomes, ending in murder. Before they're apprehended by police, two Missouri women will have been raped, tortured, and killed by this vicious and sadistic couple. Today, we hear the story from Dina Riley herself. and albeit not always truthful, We get a glimpse behind the camera of their brutal and deadly love games. It's been a fucking day. It's
1: I'm, been a week. I'm not kidding. I was at like a 10 when I got here. Yeah. I'm at like a six right now. Well, Maybe even a five. Gonna I'm, gonna I'm declining quickly. We're going to have to amp you up.
0: <laughs> I am in the same boat. Um, I had both kids basically keeping me up most of the night. One is sick. The other one is a needy male who needs me to hold his pacifier in his mouth <laughs> at all times. Yes. I don't get it. I'm exhausted.
1: Yes. You probably are really exhausted. You didn't get much sleep last night, but no. I feel like I didn't get much sleep either, which is just strange. I don't know. There's just a lot going on.
0: Well, you've got a lot going on and your brain probably doesn't shut off when yes. it should.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think that's the problem is yeah. that I'm still thinking even when I'm sleeping and I'm, you know, my brain's just constantly working. So now I'm kind of in overdrive right now. Didn't get enough coffee today. But here we are. We have our wine. <laughs> oh,
0: I was thinking, I'm like, would it be weird if I brewed us a cup of coffee I'm instead not of
1: kidding. wine? I'm not kidding. I almost picked some up for us today. Really? I almost did. I was like, should I so text nice? her and we'll just get coffees or lattes tonight for, for <laughs> our recording instead. That would have been really nice. <laughs> Except then neither one of us would have been able to fall asleep tonight. I know. And I then know. we would have been like, fucking A. I know. That's exactly what I thought. I was like... Yeah, that might not be a great idea because I no. actually want to go home and like pass out. <laughs> I hear that
0: a hundred percent.
1: You're probably like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'm like, can we get
0: going? Come on. Um, no, but in all seriousness, we—I'm so excited to be able to record tonight.
1: Yes, because I—I um, I saw you a week ago. I know. <laughs> we did this all in one week, like we, we used to. Yeah, and it was a weird fucking week. It was, it was hard. It was, it was very tough. I, again, my days are like, you know, scheduled out hour by hour by hour and they have to be because I just don't have time for everything. It's just crazy. Did you have Monday off from work for Martin Luther King Day?
0: Okay. So I did. And I will tell you if it's a weekend or a holiday, Mm -hmm. like I'm not going to sit down and write my notes. Right. I'm just not. I've got the baby.
1: Like, things are just not... Just other things that you want to do instead. So I (laughs) got,
0: like, all of this done today. Mind you, the baby was home anyway. Right. So it was in between naps. I'm... Yeah. Your brain was in overdrive today. Overdrive. But this is all fresh in my mind, so... Yes.
1: About half of it's very fresh in my mind, so that's good.
0: It's going to be a good one. Okay, so today... We are we're back on that wine train because, like you, I had picked up a crap ton of wine, and this one has been in my fridge now, and I need the space because it's like what a (laughs) gallon-sized container. (laughs) This is the biggest biggest wine bottle you can find. (laughs) It's almost comical, and it's just the barefoot pink moscato. Yeah, I'm gonna out my husband right now. He does not do manly drinks at all. Okay, he'll do shots. He likes shots. Because they get the job done. Yeah. He's not going to sit there and drink beer. Right. He does not want to. It takes too long. He doesn't like it. He is the guy that will go out and he will order ciders or like sure. any other type of sweet drink.
1: And you know, and that's okay because beer, it's not a great thing to be drinking. It just adds the pounds. I mean, really. It, it certainly can. If <laughs> it, Especially if you're drinking it often. Yeah. I think like the people who have
0: like that... That super hoppy, like, really, like, hipster beer, and Mm -hmm. they just have, like, one totally different Mm -hmm. situation. So I had bought this pink Moscato because I'm like, well, at least he'll drink it. Yeah, for sure. And he did. He had, like, four or five glasses on Saturday (laughs) during our Christmas get-together. I was like, okay, Mr. Wino. Yep. He was feeling good. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. So we're going to do this. All right. Ready? Cheers. Cheers. a tad flat but I don't think it's bad at all no I actually really like it why does it have a tad kind of like a grapefruity thing to me kind of
1: but like a sweet grapefruit you know because I I used to drink the same barefoot standard Moscato oh I have that upstairs too a lot yeah I feel like this one's not quite as sweet to be honest it doesn't taste as sweet as that one does and I think it's like just perfect it does have a hint of something Right? I don't know if it's grapefruit. I, I'm not a grapefruit fan. It's okay. It depends yeah. on the drink because some this of is them like, are too tangy. This is
0: like the sweet grapefruit I'm thinking.
1: Okay. Okay. Because maybe that's it. I've literally never had a sweet grapefruit, like a real one. I've tried them and they've been super sour. Like like the actual fruit? Yes. The actual fruit.
0: Oh, girl. You haven't lived.
1: Yeah. I know. I Apparently. I grew up
0: eating grapefruit <laughs> and not with sugar. We don't do sugar. Yeah. No, my mom wouldn't. I think my mom would have probably, yeah, she probably would have spanked us if we'd have asked for sugar to go on our grapefruit. I'm just gonna, I'm just, yeah, I think she would have. Yeah. Yep.
1: I, I mean, it's it's great. I really like it.
0: It is good. Good choice. <laughs> well, good because it was the only one we had. <laughs> no,
1: oh, no, I forgot.
0: Because <laughs> we just kind of suck. We showed up with the notes, and you know, I think that's what people. We're actually gonna get care the about.
1: job done, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters.
0: <laughs> all right. Well. Without further ado,
1: why don't you start us off with this week's story? Okay, sounds good. We start this episode in Chillicothe, Missouri, and the director asks our killer to state her name and why she was there. So the director of this series, The Killer Speaks. We meet Dina Riley, who is our murderer, or one of our murderers. Right. And she states, quote, my name is Dina Riley. I have two first degree murder charges, end quote. In 2006, 38 year old Dina Riley and her boyfriend, Richard Davis, who was a convicted sex offender, raped, tortured and murdered two Missouri women. This, of course, swept the news media. Some reports were stating they were, quote, cold blooded killers with a perverted sexual appetite, end quote. I mean, yeah, it's the perfect description. I feel it's a tad much to be putting it's a on the judgy. news. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, to be putting that on the news. I, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it was a tad much. You but gotta get ratings for sure. I mean, this was 2006. That's true. They had a lot to contend with. Think of what was going on back then. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> now, when investigators started digging into this case, they had a hard time believing it due to the horrific manner of events. For the first time, Dina Riley is going to talk about her heinous crimes in detail and explain how her relationship with Richard Davis led to these murders. Dina tells us that she had put Richard on a pedestal, so she always did what she was told and went along with everything he wanted. Forensic psychologist Dr. Lewis. Schlesinger, watched their interview with Dina Riley, and he will be able to offer insights into her homicidal behavior. Now, if you remember, he was our same psychiatrist in the Levi King episode. Yeah. So we talked about him as well. And I really, really enjoy him in this episode. I do too. And I'll tell you why. They did a fantastic job of his placement. Yes. In the documentary. it was It was gold. It was it, great. It
0: was. Yeah. It was <laughs> great editing. Great editing.
1: Now, Dr. Schlesinger tells us that not only was she willing to commit murder for Richard Davis, she actually did commit murder for him. So saying it and telling him that she will is one thing, but actually doing it is a completely different thing.
0: Yeah. Like how you would tell your kids, I would take a bullet for you. Right. But in real life, you're like, I don't really want to do that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Sorry. It's been one of those days. I'm kind of mad at
1: both of them. Okay, go on. Now, our doctor noticed that Dina would go above and beyond what was actually necessary, i.e. the torture and the sadism, in order to make him happy. So, Above and beyond what he was actually asking. Exactly. Like, she would do more than she was asked to do. Like, hold my beer situation. Yeah, so that would make you think that, hmm, does she have these kind of perversions as well? Does she like some of this as well? Because if you're just going along with it, why would you do more? Especially in a in a scenario of torture and sadism. It's sick.
0: I mean, yeah. I don't get it because I don't get it.
1: <laughs> I don't want to I get it. I don't
0: want to get right. it. But, <laughs> I mean, some people are people pleasers and they go above and beyond. Again,
1: can't relate. And we'll find out more about her as well. Yeah. Like, I, I think a lot. There's a lot that there's played a lot. into yeah. it. Yeah. But it's still very confusing to me. 100%. We're now at May 15th of 2006, and the Lafayette County Sheriff's Office received a 911 phone call. A farmer found a body in a shallow grave. We meet Carrick Alembaugh, and he is a Lafayette County Sheriff. And when they arrived at the scene, they were able to see the mound of dirt with body parts sticking out of it. Well, that's so creepy that sounding. That seems like something out of a movie that wouldn't even be yep. realistic or like like a Halloween type right. movie or something because it's just so unimaginable. Well, it's just so fake. sloppy. Yeah. 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 It seems very strange. Like, I'm sorry. If you're going to bury somebody, why is it a shallow grave? Why have anything sticking out? Why? The only thing I can think of is that it was not actually planned out at all. But still. Or, it, if it wasn't. or premeditated after the fact.
0: Right. But, like, why wouldn't you take the time to just actually cover right. it completely? I don't know.
1: <sighs> I don't know. It doesn't make any Maybe they think that they're not going to get caught. So they're Maybe. like, we're in the middle of nowhere. Because, again, they are in a rural part of the county. So seeing this kind of thing and finding this kind of thing is actually pretty rare. But
0: still. But like a leg sticking out of the ground is going to attract
1: some attention from somewhere. Right. From from somebody or something, for sure. Detectives soon figure out that it was the nude body of an adult female. Now, Carrick tells us that they sent the body off to the Jackson County Medical Examiner's office, who were able to get her fingerprints. The victim was identified as 41-year-old Marsha Spicer from the nearby city of Independence, Missouri. Her death was determined a homicide by suffocation. Oof. We meet Detective Don Hammond. He's also at the Lafayette County Sheriff's Office, and he tells us that the medical examiners were able to find severe damage to the neck after a preliminary autopsy of Marsha's body. Marsha was a mother of two children. Mm. I mean, it's never okay that someone is murdered Or what have you. But when you know that they have a family, it's like that much more heart-wrenching. Especially when they're children. It's like, oh, now these poor kids, even if they're not baby children or toddlers or what have you, they have to grow up forever without their mother. Yeah. And that's tough. We meet Betty Spicer, who is Marsha's daughter, and she remembers her mom being a really happy and perky person. She was always trying to make others feel better about things. Betty had tried to call her mom on Mother's Day but was unsuccessful and this was the day before her body had been found. So not only was her mother murdered but her mother was murdered on or around Mother's Day. Yikes. So that just adds to it. So now every year on Mother's Day these poor children have to think of their mother's death. Right. Like oh my god it's it's horrible. It is horrible. Betty recalls doing laundry at her aunt's house when the police showed up asking if she knew Marcia Spicer. She immediately tells them that it was her mom and the police reveal that they have found her body in Lafayette County. Her sadness Mm -hmm. retelling this portion of like her memory and what she remembers of like finding out about her mom. It tore me up. I started tearing up. There was just so much sadness in her face. I'm like, Because then I thought of my mom. Like, what if I was in that position? Right. I don't know how I would deal with that. I don't know how I would recover from that. Yeah. Knowing that her life was taken. Not that she died of an ailment or died accidentally in a car accident, which isn't any better. But knowing that someone voluntarily took her life. Right. You know what I mean? I think it's just a different aspect that you know that someone purposely did this to her. Somebody did. Yeah, somebody was at fault. Right. And somebody had like, yeah. There'd be so much like sadness and pain and anger associated with the feelings, I think. Right. How else are you supposed to feel? I, it just made me so sad. It's very, very sad. The last time she had spoke with her mom was the Friday before she was murdered. And although investigators didn't know yet, it was Dina Riley and Richard Davis who brutally murdered Marcia. It was the conclusion of a twisted and sick love affair that had started eight months earlier.
0: In September of 2005 in Independence, Missouri, Dina was adrift after a series of dead-end jobs and failed toxic relationships. Dina comes on and explains that in that year, she had had 14 different jobs. Up and quitting if she just didn't like it for any reason, and I'm just like, how do you even get another job? You're yeah. obviously not like filling out previous job experience because no,
1: some that's a red flag. I would assume it'd be like the lowest level type of job is oh, what it would yeah. be, yeah, because they'll hire whoever, and it's like, of course you don't like the job, but how do you pay for shit? How do you pay for shit? I, I, I mean, would you have to like? Go to beg, borrow, and steal, probably. Could be. Or becoming a sex worker. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, girl, 14 jobs 14 and you couldn't jobs. keep one? Not one. Okay. 14 job
0: applications she filled out. <laughs> Kill me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's too much. But I mean, like, most people And interviews. And who knows? Maybe she didn't even have to interview, right? Maybe they just gave her the job on the spot. Maybe. is I don't know. I'm just trying to, like, put aside all of that. But she says that she just didn't like it. She just yeah. didn't like her job, so she left. It's like, there's a lot of people in this world that don't like their jobs but keep them because they need to make sure that they can afford things and make sure they're not homeless. Right. You know? I just, I not well, like
0: Well, I kind of get the impression that she probably was sort of homeless. We also find out that she had always been in abusive relationships, both physically and or mentally so Mm -hmm. not you know just physically all the time and she said at one point she had been with a man who was so mentally abusive that she begged him just to beat her in lieu of more i guess mental fucking with because she felt that that would be easier to heal from you could heal from i mean sticks and stones yeah
1: right yep it was actually now i don't know if she's trying to play like the pity card Yeah. A little bit. She wanted us to feel bad for her. But it did kind of make me feel sad. If she actually did say that to someone at some point in her life. Yeah. That makes me horribly sad for her. That she thought that that's the type of relationship she wanted to be in. You know what I mean? Well, here's what my thought is. If you have been in those
0: types of relationships your entire life, fucking switch it up. Like you're clearly a beacon for trash men.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Trash. And there must be something that she's doing to allow them to act this way. Oh,
0: 100%. You know,
1: and I think a little bit of her personality has to do with it as well. She's all about pleasing. She's very passive. She's very much a submissive person. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? so these type of men hunt those type of women down. Yeah. On top of that, she was using drugs. Right. So being coherent and really knowing what's going on. Probably didn't happen a lot for her. No. You know? So, again, I think it was a a whole slew of different factors. um, Yeah. But it's still sad nonetheless. I mean, to think that women are getting beaten by these fucking nasty ass men that just think that they're fucking God's gift to earth, it pisses me the fuck off. Like, it makes me so mad that these people even exist. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Agreed.
0: Well, we do find out that Dina had been using meth regularly, so it wasn't that she was just, like, dabbling here and there. She's, like, hardcore into meth. Dr. Schlesinger tells us that he feels Dina tries to present herself in a sympathetic way, that her life was hard due to the abuse from the other men. However, being a heavy drug user, ultimately being true is not an excuse for the choices that she made. He feels that she just felt lost and kind of empty inside and therefore sort of did whatever she needed to in order to please people so that she would feel good about herself.
1: Right. And I think she wants something else to blame as well. She doesn't want to take fault for what happened to these two women. Well, no, she's a victim. Of right? course. And so it's like... There's a lot of drug users out there that are not murderers. Uh Uh-huh. Many. Yeah. Many. So you cannot use that as the reason why these women were killed. I'm sorry. No. You made the conscious choice to do this. Right. Even if you were just pleasing your man, you made the conscious choice to take someone else's life Mm -hmm. for him. Yep. And he's a douchebag. A big douchebag. God. Well, this is around the time that she meets Richard
0: Davis Now, we hear from Sherry Brisbane. She is Dina Riley's friend, and she says that Dina presents Richard to her as a really good guy who went to work, he was really nice to women, he was a bit of a ladies' man, and quote, God's gift to women, end quote. Now, 41-year-old Davis had a solid job as an audio technician. He's good-looking, he's charming, but more importantly, he's attentive to Dina Riley, gives her the attention that she needs, makes her feel good about herself. Dina tells us that he had his own apartment, he worked a full-time job, he didn't do drugs, so he was not into the meth scene like she was. She said that he always had food in his refrigerator, he was very stable, and she believed that he genuinely cared for her. By December, Dina is head over heels in love with him, and now they're living together. Dr. Schlesinger says that it wasn't just about her falling for this wrong guy because her whole love life was wrong guys and bad relationships. Yep. What he says is that her behavior and choices throughout her life were the wrong choices. Mm-hmm. She's just chronically picking the wrong things to do.
1: And I think at the beginning, Richard made himself look like he was a good guy, right? Well, think about who she's been hanging out with. Right. It wouldn't take that much. Because he doesn't do drugs. He has his own apartment. None of her other... He has food. He has things that, like, are so normal for us. But since she's in the drug scene, a lot of people don't have that kind of stuff. Right. So to her, she's like, wow. Yeah. I really got a good one here. I got myself a man with a job. Like, I finally have a stable life now. And maybe I can have a stable life. Yeah. And it's like... Okay, but that fades pretty quick because then you learn how fucking crazy he is. Well, and let's keep in mind, he's 40. I'm sorry,
0: 40. And you're impressed with a job and an apartment <laughs> <Right>. and food. <laughs> no. Right. No. Now, Richard Davis's charm belies something much darker. He'd recently been released from prison after serving 18 years from the rape of a young woman. Dina claims that she had never asked him about this and that Richard never talked about it. So, okay, you've just been gone for 18 years, but we're not going to talk about what you did. Are you kidding me? We know that it had to be
1: something decent because 18 years 18 years. You could assume it was murder at that point. Right. <laughs> and you're not going to ask him? No. You don't have a single question like, "Hmm, can we talk about this? Should just I for a little be bit?
0: a little worried or concerned for my own safety? <laughs> Not even a bit.
1: Oh my god, I'm well, laughing because this is like it's insane. It's to me. insane.
0: But she says that it was because he was never violent and never yelled at her. So, why would she assume it was some type of a violent past?
1: I don't even give a shit. Uh, he was in prison for almost 20 years of his life, right? It has to be something serious. Yeah. It's not no willy-nilly, like, oh, I stole my neighbor's lawnmower. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, something bad happened, and it's violent in some way. Absolutely. <laughs> That's why he was there so long. Like, For a
0: really long time.
1: And this is when I think she put the blinders on. Oh, yeah. And they stayed on this oh, yeah. whole time. Yeah. When she found out about it, she's like, okay, I'm not going to ask because all these other things are so good over here, and I don't want to think that he has a bad side of him. So... The blinders go on. They're not coming off.
0: Yep. Our doctor poses that he feels Dina thought that Richard was going to be there to take care of her, be protective, and that she could rely on him as she felt inadequacy in her own life and could latch on to him, who, of course, presented himself just the opposite. Strong, powerful, in control, intelligent. All the things that she
1: did not have. And I think those things outweighed the things she didn't know. You know what I mean? All of those things are something she's never had before. But it's like, girl, you have to be a little concerned. A little bit. I mean, is the meth really messing with your mind that much that you just don't care like, you don't... Never done it, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I mean, it. I know that shit really fucks you up. Like, it's the right. worst, one of the worst of the worst drugs you could yeah. possibly do, because it's fucking manufactured in people's fucking dirty garages.
0: <laughs> or just their houses. <laughs> right. I don't know. But we obviously find out that Davis's nature had not changed since prison. He was consumed with dark sexual fantasies, and he'd found a way to fulfill them recently. Dina tells us that three ways are very common in the dope world, she says, or at least they were in her circle of friends. So it sounds like what people just get all high on meth and have threesomes.
1: I found it interesting that she referenced a threesome. It's like, wouldn't it just be just sex in general? Like maybe you're just I I don't I, I felt like she was very much limited, limiting like oh they just have threesomes. That's all yeah. they do is have threesomes. It's like so well, when there's you're never on drugs, there's never wife swapping. It, it's like you guys probably are doing other things too, but apparently that was a huge thing for her, right? Specifically, right.
0: Now, as mentioned before, Davis didn't use drugs himself, but Dina claims that he would lure women in with the promise of meth mm-hmm. and having it on hand. It was easier to get women to his house that way, absolutely, and it would keep Dina around too because she was addicted, right? To it. Dina says that he also liked to take pictures and had a brand new camcorder, always recording everything.
1: That is beyond fucking weird to me. Beyond fucking weird. Well, it's like old school, like... It's like the YouTubers who are constantly recording everything they do. This was just before. I mean, I don't think he was doing like everyday stuff. I think those was specifically in their bedroom. Like, could you imagine going to sleep and having a fucking camcorder on the entire time? Because just in case something's going to happen, he needs to fucking record it so he can watch it later on and jack off to it. Fucking gross.
0: Yeah, that kind of goes (laughs) along with like the people who have like the in-house surveillance systems. You're constantly being recorded. Yep. God, Ooh.
1: like that one episode. Yes. With that woman that was all abusive with her husband yes. and then he killed her. Yes. <laughs> the accused, I mean, that totally worked in his favor. That helped him in that case, yes. but yeah, like you're constantly being recorded. We actually got one of those. We got a house camcorder with our Simply Safe system, so it came for free. Yeah. Like it was just it wasn't something we bought with our package, but I'm like I don't really want to do that. And then like. The I think d- I would only have it pointed at like my front door or something. I. Well. So we have a huge open area from our like kitchen and our living room and our front door. It's all one big open area. Yeah. So it'd have to be like the whole entire area that's being videotaped. But I literally opened the box because I wanted to see what it looked like. It fucking fell in water and fucking broke. So oh. <laughs> oh yeah. It it <laughs>
0: fell in water.
1: Oops. Can't use it. Yep. (laughs) Well, I was trying to, like, I was trying to set it up to see if it could even work. If I could even stick it, like, on top of my cabinets. Because that's where it would have to be. Yeah. Fell out of my hand, directly into the sink, into a glass of water. (laughs) Well, and I'm like, well, that means. That's divine intervention. Yes, I I wasn't supposed to Nope.
0: (laughs) Nope. In my house. Well, as we find out, as soon as Richard got to know Dina, he quickly realized how easily he could manipulate her, mm-hmm. and soon enough, understanding that she was actually pretty perfect for
1: him. We're now at May 13th of 2006. Six months into their relationship, Dina drove Richard to pick up a woman he had recently met. It happened to be Marcia Spicer. Dina tells us that Marsha got into their car and she had a small box of clothes with her and Richard told Dina that she would be coming over to their house to do some laundry. Okay. That instantly made me think of
0: the episode of Friends when Monica and Chandler are sneaking around and they're talking about doing laundry and he's (laughs) like, oh, is that my new nickname? (laughs) Instantly, I'm like, oh, this was before their time. Well, to me, that just seems... Very weird. Why? Well, he's the he's the real responsible guy with an apartment. <laughs> he
1: probably also has quarters for the laundry room. I'm sure. I'm sure he does. Well, and of course, Dina never even questioned it. Not even once. Never even questioned it. She goes, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I totally believe good. you. Well, because he's a super nice guy. Of course. Now, Richard and Marsha were in the basement of his apartment, which again, I'm like, there's basements and apartments? That's where the laundry room was. Okay. So it wasn't his personal laundry My guess is it was the actual, like, laundry room. Because, okay, it really screwed me up in this episode because they kept showing houses as if Richard owned a house. Okay. So, so... it was screwing me up because then it would show, like, a basement of a house. And I'm like, why are y'all doing that? Like, show an apartment. Okay. Like, laundry room. Yes. Okay. So,
0: (laughs) my first apartment with my daughter's dad was actually the basement of a woman's house. Okay. So, It, maybe it was like that. Maybe it was like okay. a house that they had like split off into maybe Like two, a duplex. Right. Living okay. spaces, but like one is upstairs, one's downstairs or like whatever. And yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: That makes more sense because they just kept depicting houses. That's like, true. We, I, I forgot that this? they kept showing that. <laughs> You're yeah. screwing me up here because you keep saying apartment and showing me houses. <laughs> now, Dina had went in to put groceries away and just went into the living room. So she didn't even really mind them at all. No, it must have been a normal thing. Yeah, and she doesn't know when they had gotten into the bedroom, but after some time, Richard had came out and grabbed Dina by the hand and pulled her into the bedroom with them. She noticed right away that both Richard and Marsha were naked, and there was a camcorder set up on a laundry basket. oh, she- because they were doing laundry. <laughs> <laughs> and she remembers Marcia laying on her back with her hands bound together. Now, just put a pin in that, because... That's gonna kind of come full circle again at another point. That sounds painful. Do we have to
0: put a pin in her? <laughs> no. She's had enough
1: happen. <laughs> in the statement, Amy. oh, okay. <laughs> Just, Just a remember. Long day. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Schlesinger reviewed court testimony containing statements made by Richard and the facts in his earlier rape conviction, and he thinks that Richard Davis is a sexual sadist, and sadism is the infliction of pain on others, but even more basic to the infliction of pain is total control. He loved being in control. Mm -hmm. I think that's where it shows, like, binding people with their hands tied, that kind of thing. They're powerless at that point, right? Oh, totally. They can't really fight back. You have all the power in that scenario. Yep. And this type of control over life and death is really stimulating to Richard. Many people can understand why Richard would do something like this since he's had a long history of being a sexual deviant. But many would wonder why someone like Dina would do something like this. Right. Because it's totally out of her character. not like her at all. To do something like this. But again, he must have some... Power that we are not aware of to make her do something like this and be a willing participant. Yeah, in all of this. I mean, his name
0: implies everything. It has to do something with his dick.
1: (laughs) I knew, I knew when we were when I was doing notes, it was going to come up. A dick joke was going to come. There's always a dick joke. (laughs) Always. I mean, I've been also
0: sitting here trying to figure out how to bring up small dick energy. It'll come up. But it'll just come up later. It. Just wait for it. I mean, it he comes up all the time. Yes, he does. Absolutely. Clearly, for the camcorder. He's up <laughs>
1: all the time. Ew. I don't want to think about it. Well, <laughs> you're going to have to because that's what this episode is about. So Now, it does become apparent that there was a transformation between them just having a relationship to Dina almost becoming his assistant. Yeah. Which is so interesting icky to even think about because it's like she's having to like finish his dirty work or clean up his dirt oh my god (laughs) ew it grosses
0: me out you mean she's gotta she's gotta finish him off
1: ew i didn't even think about that i mean like come on i mean like doing what he did what she did to Marsha at the end you know she had to finish that off for him yeah right oh i just hate it yeah well she's almost like a sexual slave I think she totally is at this point. And she's in it. And now she doesn't know how to get out. Dina remembers Marsha being pretty vocal. And she even tried fighting off Richard. And now just to preface, Marsha was crying. This was not consensual. So the whole like beginning part where like she got into the car with them. She was going to do laundry. At first I was like, okay, well, maybe she's going to be a willing participant. Maybe she wants to do this threesome for meth, whatever. I don't know. Right. We weren't really aware. This is not consensual. Yeah, it stopped being
0: consensual at this point.
1: She did not want to do this. Right. And Richard was pretty rough with her. Now, the film crew asked Dina if she had helped Richard during these horrible acts on Marsha. And this was Dina's response. Quote, I wasn't really tough with Marsha. It's hard for me to be mean to people. I have such a soft heart. I couldn't ever intentionally be mean to somebody. End quote. I'm like... Excuse me? Uh, you're on fucking tape. How are we sitting here today, Dina? Can you answer that question? No. You fucking murdered her. Murdered. You're not a nice person. No. You don't have a soft heart. No. (laughs) Like, what the fuck are you? You're You're not (laughs) some, like... (laughs) What? Like she said, the complete opposite. You are convicted of first degree murder twice. Twice. (laughs) Not once. Twice. Twice. (laughs) What the fuck? Now the film crew then asks, based on the reports, Marsha was beaten very badly. And then Dina replies with, quote, I don't remember her being beat up that bad. I just remember her lip being a little swollen. End quote. Now, Dr. Lewis Schlesinger comes back and says she wants to spin this story now so that it's more sympathetic. For her. 100%. She, she wants to be the victim, of course. Now, but when you watch the tapes and actually see all the evidence in its totality, you will realize very quickly that she was an active participant in this torture just as Richard Davis was. Yeah. Which is like, how can she say that? How can she say that there was no torture, no pain, she wasn't beaten badly when it is all on camera it's she she not just her words herself because
0: it's so weird she wouldn't do this outside of him so in her mind it wasn't as bad as what they're saying because this
1: wasn't her maybe it was her way of living with it and dealing that's with what it. i mean yeah you know she has to tell herself that it wasn't that bad well you bitch, know like, you're in fuck? prison for life Dina goes on to say that she just went along with it and we were just having a threesome. Like, no big deal. Yeah, we just just had a threesome. Constantly tie people
0: up and like beat the living shit out of them while we're doing threesomes.
1: It's horrible. Now the film crew asks again. So then what happened after that? And Dina says she was so focused on Richard and she was only listening to him and doing what she was told. And Marsha lost her life. Okay, that sounds uh, accidental. Right. And so I'm like, okay, if you were the one that killed Marsha, are you just completely putting that out of your mind and pretending that you didn't even remember what was going on? You have to remember what you did. And we'll see. I mean, even throughout all of her interview, she did not want to talk about it. No, she did not. She did not want to go into detail. She did not want to actually admit to it. And she kept saying, she's like, I can't say this stuff on TV. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Why are you here then? Was it much worse than you're trying to make it be right it must have been if you can't say it on tv it must be a lot worse than you think or you're you're leading on (laughs) oh there was like times like at the beginning i felt a little sad for her because i was like oh you know like her life was pretty shitty blah blah blah, got in bad situations and i'm like she's just fucking playing us right now she is playing us right now completely Our doctor tells us that Dina was already predisposed to this because of her own personality. If you really had to put a label on her, she would be considered a passive personality, not so much a narcissistic or a psychopath. He goes on to say that she does have basic empathy towards other people, but had convinced herself that what she was doing wasn't that bad. And she still convinces herself of that today. And we totally see that.
0: Now, Dina was born in South Kansas City, and she had a pretty quiet suburban childhood. She tells us that she had wonderful parents. There wasn't any issues with drinking or drugs, and they didn't do that. She says that her mother was a stay-at-home parent and was a sweetheart. In 1983, at 17 years old, she actually marries her high school sweetheart, and they have three daughters together, which surprised they'll ever live in shit out of me all of this surprised
1: me yeah she had a good childhood married married had kids three daughters i never would have thought she had kids me neither we never see any of them no we know
0: well i mean can you blame them hell no no we do find out quickly after that her marriage deteriorated because her husband had a drinking problem and eventually started to get violent so obviously there's a problem in 1989, she left her husband. And interestingly enough, she loses her children in a custody battle, which to me, I'm like, How? How did you lose your children? But we do find out that that's right around the time that her drug addiction began to actually spiral out of control. So that right there leads me to believe that her meth use was enough that it got in the way of her parenting. Sure. Maybe he drank because she did meth. We don't know. We right. don't know why he drank.
1: Yeah, it's hard to tell how bad her drug addiction was at that time. Right. They right. Don't if it was get just... into it too much. Sparingly, if it was every once in a while. Right. Or if it was, like, on the daily on and the daily. she was actually fully addicted to it. Yeah. I
0: mean, we find out that she had smoked marijuana since high school, but by her late 20s, she had developed a meth addiction, and she was, quote, living to get high, end quote. I hate... I hate when people are like, well, they started off smoking marijuana and it led to meth. Yeah. Uh, Clearly, you've, A, never smoked marijuana. Mm -hmm. And B, never did meth because pretty sure they are absolutely not the same thing. Right. Whatsoever. (laughs) Not
1: (laughs) at all. And I know plenty of people that smoke pot and don't do anything else. And never touch (laughs) meth. Right.
0: Okay. (laughs) It's like the 12 steps of drugs, right? right? You're right. going to start off
1: here. Yep. Then, it's like the then shoots you're and ladders yeah. of
0: drug use. I don't think so. It
1: doesn't happen to everyone like that.
0: Oh. No. Dina believes that she truly wouldn't have done what she did while with Richard had she not been on meth and having a pill-popping addiction. I mean, I can kind of see what she means, but at the same time, you're a grown-ass fucking adult – And many people are drug addicts that do not murder people. Right. So no.
1: Again, it's a way for her to explain her behavior and the way she acted.
0: Yeah. And Dr. Schlesinger even says she was an adult and knew exactly what she was doing at that time. This is not an excuse. And she was not having a psychotic break at the time. No. So in no way, shape, or form can this be used as a reason as to why she did what she did. Now, Dina does tell us that Richard had given her hope and that life could be better. She put him on a pedestal, which clearly we can all Mm -hmm. see. So on May 13th, they lure Marsha to their apartment for sex, torturing her throughout the night. And by morning, Marsha is dead. Dina says she lost her life that night. And when questioned further, how did it happen? She breaks down and says, quote, I can't say it on TV. I just can't. Mm-hmm. End quote. The next night, they drive to a secluded field with Marcia's body. Dina remembers pulling over, and that Richard had brought a shovel and began to dig, and then placed Marsha's body in the hole. They went back home and showered, being that it was Mother's Day. Richard, you know, being the, the big old softy, the big old sweetheart charmer that he is. Takes Dina to go see her mother,
1: <laughs> just like nothing fucking happened.
0: Well, it's unreal. Dina says they went about their lives as if nothing fucking happened.
1: How do you do that? How can you compartmentalize?
0: <laughs> it has to be. D- you're you're numbing. You have it has to now be. that I can understand. Doing drugs after something like that to numb and try For sure. to forget what you did. But I don't believe you did that because of the drugs. Sure. Does that make sense?
1: Yep, totally.
0: Now, the following day, Marsha's body is discovered because, again, shallow grave, body parts sticking out of the earth. We see some footage from the police on May 16th of 2006 while they're kind of going about the crime scene, or at least what they think is the crime scene. Yep. But with no witnesses or physical evidence, investigators have very little to go on. I mean, this is just a body in the dirt. Yep. Detective Don Hammond says that they knew that they were in for a daunting task. He says, of course, like any other investigation, they begin with family members and known associates of the person once they have them identified. Mm -hmm. They learned that Spicer had struggled with a meth addiction herself and had been hanging around other meth users. Betty Spicer, her daughter, says that she knew about the problem and that she had actually tried to help her mom. She was trying to get her mom to move in with her. She says that when you think about it, she got her apartment in March. Marsha was dead by May. Oh, it's so
1: horrible. You can't help someone unless they want to help themselves. Yeah. That's the thing that sucks. Right. I'm sure she's like racking her brain like, what if? What if she would have came to my house oh, for sure. and lived with me in April and I could have helped her? You know, I would do that. I would do that if I was in her scenario. I would be like, what could I have done more yeah, to get her to my house sooner or get her help sooner or whatever it is. But again, she's an adult. She can choose if she wants Sh- to get help or stop. Exactly. It's totally up to her. Yeah. We're now at May 17th of 2006, and detectives actually did catch a break just 60 hours into the investigation. A friend of Marsha's, Lori Dunfield, came forward with information that she had. Lori tells them about a guy she met a few weeks earlier who had invited her to his apartment. It was Richard Davis. So he was literally staying around in the same friend group and killing off these people. Right. Like, what is, what? Yeah. Someone's going to remember your ass. My guess is it's got to be like a small group. You know what I mean? S- a small area. Maybe they all yeah. hang out in the same area. I don't know. But I found this to be very interesting. Laurie recalls them just sitting down to eat lunch, and about halfway through, Richard had put in a video for them to watch and started telling her about his deepest and darkest fantasies. He goes on. <sighs> Fucking to- <laughs> weird would that be? <laughs> Here's a sandwich. Let me tell you about all the things that make me go boing. Literally, he just met this fucking woman. It's fucking weird. Richard goes on to tell her what he would like them to do together. So not just these weird videos that he's now showing her, but like he wants to do something with her. I gotta say, all
0: of these women are like missing most of their teeth and look terrible. Mm -hmm. The (laughs) math. Standards were so fucking low.
1: Well, think about it. They probably had all their teeth before they started doing math. Well, I know, and that but shit all of like these just rots out it. of their head. Right, but I'm just saying, like really? I think he he knew that he wouldn't be able to get anyone else. For sure. You know, it wasn't I don't even think it was about that. I think it was strictly about It was strictly
0: about the what sex, he could the do. power,
1: yeah. the torture, the yeah. sadism, all that kind of shit.
0: And you're probably easier to control when you're under yes. the influence.
1: Yes. And that's why he he lured women with meth. He didn't even do fucking meth. No. Like that's even the more weird part. Like, yeah, he he, just, he bought it engage. frequently. <laughs> right. Never he would never did it. use it. <laughs> the video Lori watched showed Richard engaging in rough sex with two other women. He then made a twisted proposal to Lori. Richard wanted to have a threesome with Lori and have her suffocate the other woman during a sexual act. Does this sound familiar? A little bit. If Holy it, shit. I feel like we've been here before. And this is exactly what happens, right? Just a, what, a week or two later. Now, Lori was scared by the way he looked at her while exposing this fantasy of his. She went along with it until she could get out of his apartment. Like, good on her. Uh, yeah, survival. Good thinking about, like, okay... I need to go along with it right now. I cannot show that I'm scared because then he might do something to me immediately because he's afraid that I'm going to go to the police. Right. Right. Because he just told me this shit. Yeah. And now I know all this weird shit about him. Lori was fearful that that is what happened to Marsha. And that's why she had reached out to investigators. I mean, it sounded way too familiar. Right. Now, this is when investigators head over to Rich's apartment for an interview. When our detective Don Hammond was speaking with Richard, he noticed that he would not look him in the eye. Oh, my God. That has to be the first thing that you would notice about someone like, oh, are they being deceitful?
0: I constantly have weird feelings about people who won't make eye contact with me when I'm talking to them.
1: Because <laughs> there's a reason for There's it. something fucking weird going on. There's something they're hiding. Yep. And they know that if they look at you, you'll probably be able to tell what it is. Or know that they're fucking lying to you. Right. Or being whatever it is. There yeah. could be so many different scenarios. But yeah, it's very strange. But sometimes I also kind of like to fuck with people that way too.
0: Like I can <laughs> hold eye contact for an uncomfortable amount of time. <laughs> when I want to. Yeah. But if somebody's doing it to me for an uncomfortable amount of time, I'm like,
1: dude, stuff it. What are you doing? Stop. S- don't look at me. Stop it. Quit it. During their interview with Richard, they meet another woman who seems to be living at his apartment. It was Dina Riley. Now, Don Hammond says that he explained to Dina that he was there because they were investigating a homicide, and Dina completely played dumb with him. She goes, a homicide? Who got killed? What What does this mean? And he was a little shocked by her reaction since this had been all over the news for the last few days. And I think back then people watch the news they did still watch the news i mean facebook was around i think but it wasn't in the way that it is now no it's nothing like it is now there were no there wasn't news being shared no not at all so like people still actually watch tv all the time so if you turned on the tv it would probably be on 15 channels well
0: in 2006 you barely had smartphones like i was still rocking a motorola brick phone in 2006 so you didn't have the internet on your phone and if you did God forbid you accidentally clicked on it because what the fuck would your bill <laughs> hundreds, look like? Hundreds of dollars hundreds later. Hundreds of dollars later. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, back then the news was a little bit more, dare I say, one-sided where everybody heard the same story yeah.
1: because it was out there. It's all they had, though. You know what I mean? Right. There wasn't there wasn't other opinions. There wasn't other thing. That's it. Yeah. What was shared was what was shared and that's all you saw. Yeah. So that's all you knew. Right. So it was weird for him to hear her say that because it's like, you guys have a TV in here. I know you've probably seen it. It's all everyone's been talking about. And they're not in a super big area either. So my guess is, too, is it was even more like, holy
0: shit, a body found. Yep. Kind of information.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, our sheriff, Carrick Alambaugh says that he thinks she would have never became a suspect if they were to base it off of her demeanor and how she acted in front of police. She came off as very quiet and a very passive person, as she actually kind of is. Right, yeah. Now, Dina recalls them asking a lot of questions, and she was a complete nervous wreck. She needed to stay stoic. Yeah. She needed to stay calm. Because, again, she didn't want them to sense something, but she was dying inside. Now, while inside Rich's apartment, police noticed some suspicious items. Don Hammond says that one of the other police officers that had been there let him know that he saw a camera in the bedroom on the dresser that was pointed at the bed. So immediately that's like, we want to see what's on that. We, yeah, yeah. we, we got to see what's on that. He also saw a notebook on the end table that had words like choking and running on it. Weird. Okay. Choking is never a word you would use on a piece of paper. When? Unless you're literally writing a novel. Or you're taking notes for a podcast. (laughs) Because I have the word
0: choking written (laughs) down right here on my (laughs) notebook.
1: (laughs) But like to have it next to your bedside? No. Why would you ever write that word? You just wouldn't need to. No. So, again, it tipped off police. Like, okay. It's what the kids are calling sus. Something's going on here. sus. For sure.
0: My daughter would cringe right now if she heard me say that.
1: (laughs) Now, investigators did not have a search warrant with them, so they were not able to take any of his property. And they also were not able to take Richard or Dina into custody. I hate that. I do, too. But they did do something that I'm happy they did. Yes. They did escort them out of the apartment and told them that they were going to secure it until they could get a search warrant issued. So then they were not able to, like... Move shit. Move shit, hide shit, get rid of shit, whatever. I was like, okay, at least they were able to do that. Right. Because what if they just fucking left? Right. They would have taken all their shit and fucking been gone. The tapes would have never been found. No. They would have never seen what was on those tapes. And... Who knows? How would they have been able to prove that it was them? Unless they could find DNA evidence of Richard in these women or something of that nature that they could connect him to it. It would have been really hard. Very hard. Dina's friend Sherry explains that she had been at a friend's house when she got a call from Dina about needing to pick them up. Dina told her that the police were all over Richard's apartment. And obviously, Sherry asked why right yeah. <laughs> and dina replies with something about a murder or something i'm like excuse me if i was her again we're not gonna friend, talk about it <laughs> oh my god if i was her friend and she wanted me to pick her up i'd be like girl you're walking right are you fucking ki- someone a is murder? at someone's at your house because they think you're attached to a murder or your boyfriend is and you want me to come pick your asses up well she did she picked him up well he probably had meth <laughs>
0: he probably He was did. a nice
1: guy. He probably he did. He was a nice guy. Now, unfortunately, they were not able to get the search warrant right away because the judge didn't think they had enough evidence that tied Marsha Spicer to Richard's apartment. I mean, I could kind of see that. Oh, my I could oh my gosh. kind of see that. But that would be devastating. What if they never got it, though? Right. You know, I know. what I mean? Yeah. As an investigator, that would make your heart drop. This could change everything. If we can't get this or we secure have to this, see it. We can't get the evidence that we need to actually make sure that they did this, you know, and find out who killed Marcia and how she got killed. You know, like the families need some closure here. Right. It's now May seventeenth of two thousand and six. It's the next morning, and investigators get more suspicious when Dina and Richard fail to return home. Uh oh. Yeah, that would they're be on weird. the run. Don thought this move proved that there was something in the apartment and that they were guilty, or at the very least, Richard was guilty. Right. Because at this point, he still didn't think Dina had anything to do with it. They had a weird vibe about Richard. They didn't get that with Dina when they were there interviewing, which I think is even scarier. Right. And we go into this later on, too, about like her chameleon personality, like how she can change so quickly. That's fucking terrifying. Yep. If you meet people that are like that, they are the most dangerous people on this fucking planet. Absolutely. It's terrifying. Dina does tell us that they had borrowed Sherry's truck and went on the run. So they first ask for a ride and they're like, oh, actually, can we just <laughs> borrow your truck? <laughs> I, we don't need you. We just need your vehicle. We'll Sorry. let you out. <laughs> but can
0: we just have your truck? <laughs> Two days later, police secure a search warrant. It's May 19th of 2006. And they get a first look at that video camera and the videotape shocks them all.
1: Oh, my God. I would never. I don't think I could ever watch something like that.
0: Oh, see, and I was slightly, like, offended they didn't show us anything <laughs> from it on this.
1: It, I could The way that these detectives were talking about it, it was one of the worst things they'd ever seen in their whole life. Yeah, it was probably pretty bad. I think they could have showed us some, like...
0: Not as bad parts in it. I'm sure the whole thing wasn't as terrible as it was. There had to have been an intro. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I felt a little cheated. <laughs> as
1: your your true crime mind wanted I to view a, it more. I was
0: very curious. I didn't want to see all of it. They could have even blurred everything out to make it seem less, like, realistic. Or
1: in your face. Right. Yeah.
0: Or even, like, a reenactment. I could have done a reenactment.
1: But No. They didn't give us they nothing. They give
0: us nothing.
1: Nope, just our imagination.
0: Well, Detective Hammond tells us that it was horrible. He says it was a beating, violent sex, and then a violent death. Which also I just can't wrap my head around the whole violent sex part. I just I that's not that doesn't do it for me. So to me, I can't imagine like like seeing that would be very traumatic, I think. Right. Because that just does not do a single thing for me in any way, shape, or form.
1: <sighs> It just makes me like nails on a chalkboard. It gives me like this weird feeling and like, you know, your hair kind of stands up a bit. It just,
0: it feels wrong.
1: It is. And it is wrong. It's horribly wrong. And it's painful. And like, yeah, just the thought of being in pain when sex shouldn't be painful. Well, you know,
0: you know why I think we feel this way? Because both of us have given birth. So it's like, why in the <laughs> fuck would you want that part to suck too? Right, right. right. So that maybe that's it. Uh, that maybe could be. Maybe that's it. Totally could be. Well, also contained was something they didn't expect. Detective Sergeant Matt Hunter from the Clay County Sheriff's Office tells us that Dina and Richard were taking turns. She would videotape him raping and torturing Marsha, and then he would film Dina torturing and sodomizing marcia so they're going back and forth in this video clearly pointing to her being a willing participant mm-hmm. in the torture mm-hmm. she had no gun to her to her head
1: nothing i could never fucking do that ever no. oh my god especially if you've never been violent in your life and he's just like okay now you need to do this to her i'd be like the fuck no yeah the and fuck? like and there went never.
0: ladywood not even interested anymore
1: no i no oh man
0: of course dina maintains that she was only acting out his wishes which eventually landed her serving life without parole twice mm-hmm. dr Schlesinger reminds us that she says that she was in love with davis and who knows what her view of love was right at that point But he says that this was a pathological, sick, disturbed, deviant relationship on just about every level. He believes that she becomes almost a part of Davis's personality after a point in time, like an appendage. Her role was simply to please him in any way that she could, and she did that. Investigators now have proof that the couple murdered Marcia Spicer, capturing the entire thing on tape. Detective Hammond says that it was Dina Riley and Richard Davis on the bed having sex with Marcia Spicer. Her hands were tied behind her back with a cord, duct tape over her eyes. Oh my god. He says that if Marcia didn't do exactly as she was told, she'd be beaten and then ultimately killed all on videotape. He says they even kissed after Marsha was already dead, lying there on the bed.
1: I think that right there proves that Dina was 100% guilty of this. Oh, yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, he says
0: she's right there on tape helping through the entire thing. Right. And he says it was surprising because she'd come off as such a Mm -hmm. nice and soft-spoken person. Beware. Yes, yes. The overly nice, soft spoken people.
1: I'm just saying. Well, and it was almost like she was proud of her work. You she think came so? I think so. Yeah. She kissed him. Oh she right, knew, right, right. She knew yeah, that yeah. you know, she knew that he was proud of her yep. for doing that. Yep. Good good job. Oh my god, it makes me so sick.
0: It does. Well, Carrick Allenball says that it was totally against what you'd think when you spoke to her and then you see her performing like this on videotape. He says to see someone with that sort of chameleon personality, turns out that they may be even more of a sociopath or even a devil than you originally thought. Yeah, absolutely. As we kind of mentioned earlier, Dr. Schlesinger says that sometimes the partner to the sadist does even more than the sadist originally would have Mm -hmm. done to please them, and that she ended up committing murder to please Davis she'd go above and beyond what was necessary to please him in any way, shape, or form. Now, the evidence needed to arrest them has been collected, but another shocking discovery is made. Another videotape is found with a second victim raping and torturing her. And they think, is this possibly the beginning stages of a couple of serial killers? The woman they find out on this videotape is 36-year-old Michelle Ricky. We meet Michelle's sister, Jen Harms, and she says that Michelle was funny and outgoing. She says that things changed, though, when she got involved with meth and things went downhill quickly. We also meet her son, Zachary Lee, who I have to say, I hope my son thinks of me like he thinks of his mother because holy heart, if you thought watching Betty Spicer was heartbreaking,
1: watching Zachary
0: was like, next level. He says that she was a mom who'd be running around catching fireflies with them. Like that's the kind of mom she was. He says that she was wonderful and he is choking up the entire time Mm -hmm. and says in between gasps that he is a much better person for having known her. Oh Oh,
1: and he comes back at the end too and, and I mean he's he's crying in between all of this wonderful stuff he has to say about his mom and this poor boy never gets to see her again. Right. And think about how crazy this is for police. They thought they only had to deal with Marsha Spicer's murder. Right. Now they found out about someone else that wasn't even on their radar. Not even on their radar. Nope, there was no body. Know. They didn't have any idea. Oh, my. That is the scariest shit ever. Right. On April 8th, 2006, Michelle went missing. We meet Mike Huff, Michelle's father, And he's also choking up. He's having a tough time, too. And when Michelle went missing, he tells us that he just knew she was no longer alive. He had told his brother that they would find her in a shallow grave along the river. That is a very... Specific specific and very scary place to let your mind go i think
0: because they already knew what she was involved in being meth and stuff and the crowd she was running along yeah i think he was just like this is what we're gonna do like this is how we're gonna find her it's gonna be this terrible fucking way yep because of what has been going on in her life and the
1: outcome is not gonna be what we want it to be right and it's gonna be the worst you know the worst possible outcome yeah yeah Six weeks before Marsha Spicer's murder, according to Dina, Richard lured Michelle Ricky with drugs to get her into his apartment the same way he did with Marsha and with Lori. Mm-hmm. Well, they're too old for candy and puppies yep. in a van,
0: so why not meth and a threesome?
1: And they're easy targets, I think, which is really yeah. sad to say. Meth, I'm sure, is not cheap. Nope. And if you don't have a job... If someone's telling you they're going to give it to you for free and you get to get high... And all you have to do is have sex with them? Yeah. Okay. You know, it's, it's horrible to think like that, but this is why it was so easy for him. Right. Dina says that she was woken up with Richard shaking a bag of meth in her face. Richard then told her that he had brought someone home with him and she was in the kitchen. And he wanted her to get up so she could join them with some drinks. After Richard gets Dina and Michelle high, they start to engage in a threesome on camera. Dina tells us that Richard is all about having power and control, so per usual, he tied Michelle's hands together. To Dina, they were just having sex, but to other people, it may not have been just sex. Again, she's trying to play this card of like, I had no idea. Like, this was so normal to me. It does make me
0: wonder how many other women he had brought home, though, because maybe to her this was just going to be another sexual threesome that they were going to have. And it always happened to be where one of them was tied up and it got out of hand.
1: But you know she's had sex before she met Richard. Right. And she knows that this is not fucking normal. Like, she has to know that in some sense. Even when she's high and not even thinking coherently, there has to be a part in her brain that's saying, this isn't normal. Well, and if you have to be lured in with drugs just
0: to be able to get yourself in a position to do
1: that. Even when she was in abusive relationships, right? She was in other abusive relationships I'm sure it was not the same. I'm sure the sex was not the same. I'm sure it was different. It was probably a little bit better. You know what I mean? So I don't know if I believe it fully. I yeah. feel like it's just another cop-out for her. Yeah. And <laughs> this this is the part where they really cue in Dr. Schlesinger, like, perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved this. <laughs> because you see him come on the screen right after Dina was like, to me, it's just normal sex, but to other people... It might not be. His eyes are like saucers. saucers. They're huge. <laughs> and he's staring at the screen. He goes, it was sadistic sex. Torturing victims and then killing them. Dina explaining that this was just sex was just her way of minimizing her motives and rolling these murders. Yeah. I mean, it was like a split second cut over to him. It was perfect. Oh, it
0: was perfectly <laughs> timed. Good on you, editor of yes. this show.
1: We learned that Michelle was dosed with vodka and Vicodin to keep her compliant during this threesome. So, again, this was not something she wanted to do. Right. If they had to keep her drugged up in order to have sex with her, who knows what Richard really said to her. Maybe he just promised her meth to come hang out with him. Right. Maybe then after she got high and he could get her really drugged up, then he could, like, talk her into this threesome. And when it got really violent and she didn't want to do it anymore, it wasn't consensual anymore. But then he had to still keep drugging her up. It's just, it's horrible. It's making my head hurt. Yeah. (laughs) Again, Dina's trying to play this whole, I had no idea this was that bad, blah, blah, blah type of thing where she says she remembers Michelle never saying no. She never fought back. But then Dina says, quote, she never cried out. I mean, I think at one point she was crying End quote, I think cried out in like pain. It
0: wasn't like she, she screamed in pain, but she was crying, so she wasn't enjoying
1: it. To me, that's I don't how I, read it. I don't see the difference. Really? If she's crying out in pain or just crying in general, something's hurting her. Yeah. And maybe that's just her way of reacting to it, right? Or trying yeah. to cope with it. And she's drugged up. You know what I mean?
0: It's kind of amazing that she was able to come up with the tears.
1: Right. There had, there had to be pain. There had to be pain that she was actually feeling. Our doctor tells us that Dina is, again, just trying to convince herself now that it wasn't that bad and that she really isn't a horrible monster of a human being. (laughs) Uh, I call bullshit. I love that he said that. Yep. Big time. (laughs) Horrible, monstrous human being. Yeah. (laughs) Now, this violence on Michelle continued for two days. This was not just a one-time thing. Yeah. Yeah. This happened for two days straight. Oh my god! And on the morning of April tenth of two thousand and six, Dina claimed she thought that Michelle would eventually just go home because she'd already been there a couple days. Yeah, I don't believe that either. No. Did you really think Richard was just going to let her go after all that? She's going to the police. I don't really care if she didn't want to get caught for drugs. She'll tell somebody. Right. Right. Someone will find out about what he's doing. Yep. Dina remembers being in the kitchen cleaning when Richard came in and told her that he was going to have to kill her because he didn't want to go back to prison. Fucking scumball. Big time. God. You need to be in prison, you fucking prick. Now, Dina thinks. Little prick dick.
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) Little Richard dick with his
1: tiny little prick. Here we go. Dina thinks Richard had fantasies about killing, and Michelle was his starting point to start fulfilling on this fantasy. Right. Oh, yeah. It went to that level. Yeah. He He flirted with the line. Yeah. And then he had to keep going. Exactly. Now, Dr. Schlesinger thinks the notion that this was all a surprise to Dina, the torturous and brutal sex, isn't believable. Dina was fully aware of what Richard was all about, and she wanted to please him any way that she could. We keep kind of going back and forth on this. Yeah. why well, I would say it's
0: not even back and forth. We just keep reiterating it. Yes. I mean, yeah. she
1: is just, she's fully aware. She is a competent adult, even on drugs. She knows what's going on. Yeah. And she knows that this is not good. Yeah. On April 10th, 2006, Richard and Dina drive her into the country in a densely wooded area while she is still heavily drugged up. Richard gets out of the car and starts walking Michelle through the darkness. Dina remembers Richard coming out of the woods and getting back into the car, genuinely upset, stating that he never wanted to do that again. He said that Michelle had tried to fight him before Richard was able to overpower her. It's, oh my
0: god. No, thank you. I put myself in her shoes for like a split second on like what it would feel like to be out of it because you're on drugs. Yeah. You know, even just think about when you're, like, super drunk. So scared. Right? And how, like, there's that part of you that's going, this is not good. Yeah. This is not good. Yeah. But you can't fight back. Right. Or, you know, you can't <sighs> get yourself out of it. Because yeah. you're not fully coherent. No thanks. Just how scared you would yeah. be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fucking I, that's That was the only thing I thought of was how scared I would be and how little I'd be able to show it.
1: Yeah. The next day, Richard wanted Dina to go buy some charcoal and lighter fluid. She claims that she thought they were going to have a barbecue. You know, just have some friends over and have a little party. But of course, that's not what he wanted to use it for. Dina drives him back out to the woods where he burns Michelle's body. Piece of fucking shit. God,
0: seriously. On May 25th of 2006, a month and a half after Marsha has been killed... Dina and Richard are on the run. Dina says that he's driving and she's just continuously popping pills. Okay. Great for you, Dina.
1: I I thought that it was a suicide attempt. Oh, for sure. Immediately, because I'm like, you only do that if you want a specific outcome, clearly.
0: We find out that they stick to the back roads of southern Missouri and police are obviously desperately looking for them. And about 125 miles south of Independence, Barton County police get a 911 call no more than a day after getting a wanted poster with Riley and Davis' pictures on it. Now, they notice that the man on the other end of the phone for the 911 call was pretty incoherent and nothing he was saying was making sense, but he hands the phone over to a woman. Now, at this time, Dina claims that they had attempted to kill themselves by overdosing on these pills. Police are sort of in disbelief over this, though. Who does that? (laughs) And then, why call 911? Right. Why are they...
1: Who the hell knows? Who knows, They're probably so out of it, they didn't even know what they were doing. It doesn't make any sense at all. Well, they find out that Dina Riley was the woman on the phone,
0: and she tells police where they are. At the same time, Richard Davis crashes the pickup truck, losing control on some gravel and goes into a very deep ditch. Police find the truck with Davis standing beside it. They finally get him on the ground and arrest him and realize that Riley is still in the vehicle. She's unconscious, but she's breathing. Early in the morning the next day, Dina Riley wakes up in a hospital bed surrounded by detectives. She ends up taking them out to where Michelle's body was left in the woods. We find out because, of course, they had burnt her body in the woods that day we find out that after the identification was made and it was determined that this was michelle ricky's body nothing but her bones were sent back to her family in order for burial and her dad is telling us this story and is just choking up i mean he can oh, barely get through it
1: i can't imagine that no. i literally can't the the I just can't. It's just, it's horrible. Is it bad that as a parent, I'd almost rather
0: that just the bones come back to me than, like, seeing how brutally, like, tortured she was? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you you know what I'm saying when I say that? Like, at least you could kind of, like, pretend that that part didn't happen. In your mind.
1: Or even on the flip side, getting anything back. Right. You know, and not ever being able to find your missing son or daughter. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Both of those are pretty bad, but I never want any of it to happen to me. Absolutely (laughs) not. No. On February 12th of 2008, two years
0: later, Davis goes on trial for the murder of Marsha Spicer. Now, being the control freak that he is, he requests to defend himself, but the court ultimately denies this request. Thank God. Again, I don't know how that is ever allowed. Ever. It should never, ever be allowed that you can defend yourself in a murder trial.
1: I didn't even know that the judge could deny it. I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought if you didn't want to have representation that you could represent
0: yourself. I I don't know, but that should not ever fucking be allowed. Dr. Schlesinger poses that he probably wanted to do it for the entertainment factor for himself and to be a sick fuck and cross-examine the victim's families. I didn't even think about
1: That's that. That's why
0: I don't think they should ever be allowed. Right. It was the same thing with Rodney Alcala, where he, like, taunted. Oh, it was horrible. The victim's family. was yeah. like, fuck you. That yeah, should not be allowed. It shouldn't not. be allowed. Especially in this case, where they know it was him. Yes, right? for sure. Now, of course, Marsha's family attends every single day of the week-long trial. And some of the family members say it was very difficult, because on the first day, one of the first things they show is a picture of her in that shallow grave, which, oh, oh my, gosh. my God. my can you imagine but again you have to paint that picture for the jury yeah i mean in this case you have to actually show them the picture but
1: but being a family member and having to view that i would be terrified that that would be the last way i'd ever view them well and yeah
0: yeah no totally like and not intentionally nope but that's a that's something that's gonna be seared into your memory it's traumatic it's traumatic betty spicer her daughter says that Richard showed zero remorse and was actually smirking during most of the trial. Like a piece of shit. Doesn't surprise surprise me me at all.
1: No, he is a piece of shit and he revels in this. I'm sure he was enjoying himself seeing these photos. Absolutely. Fucking disgusting.
0: Well, luckily, the jury returns a verdict in under four hours. So not a whole lot of deliberation Mm -hmm. going on back there. And it is a resounding guilty. Richard Davis receives the death penalty for killing Marcia Spicer. Then, next up is Dina Riley, who pleads guilty to killing Marsha to avoid the death penalty mm-hmm. altogether. Which I think, I mean, smart on her. She did do it. So right. she didn't need to try to prove she didn't.
1: And I think they were more concerned about Richard Davis. He was obviously the yeah. mastermind behind this all. Even though we do find out Dina was the one that killed Marsha at her own hands. And yes, she is spending the rest of her life in prison, as she should. Right. But they wanted to ensure that Richard Davis never had the opportunity to even see the light of day again outside prison bars. Right. Well, Dina
0: explains that the reason she took the plea is because she didn't want to put any of the families through a trial, whether it be her family or the families of the victims. But... The family members of Marcia Spicer don't really believe that she regrets anything that she did. They think she just did it to kind of save her own ass. Which, I mean, maybe, maybe not. At this point, she's still never getting out. So... Right. Win-win.
1: And you can't, like... You can't make people think the way you want them to think. Or act the way you want them to act. Justice has been done. So that's a good thing. She'll never get out of prison again. Whether or not she feels remorseful, you just... It's something that you can't really think about, unfortunately. You can't dwell on it because it's not going to change anything. Right. Thankfully, she's never getting out of prison, and that's where she should stay. Absolutely. In
0: 2012, they both pled guilty to the murder of Michelle Ricky. Although pleading guilty, Dina Riley has never openly admitted to her part in killing Marcia Spicer. Kind of towards the end of this documentary, the film crew is asking Dina... Why are you here if you're not going to tell us? Like, all you have to Mm -hmm. do is just say it. (laughs) I mean, literally, it's that easy. And Dina takes a breath and she says, Richard told me to. And then she stops. I can't do this. Takes another breath and says, Marsha lost her life at my hands, not Richard's. Which we would already fucking know Mm -hmm. on the videotape. But she never fully just said it out loud, I think. Detective Hammond says that Marsha died because of what Riley was doing, but Richard held her down until the deed was done. So she couldn't fight.
1: Oh my gosh, it's so horrible.
0: Police also say Dina Riley is no victim. She's a sociopath. The last thing we see in this documentary is on-screen text that says Richard Davis is serving a life sentence without parole. His execution date is to be scheduled. Dina Riley is serving two life sentences without the possibility of parole. And that's the
1: end of
0: The Killer Speaks with Dina Riley.
1: And yet another crazy episode on The Killer Speaks series. Now, I want to know what your thoughts are, Amy, on this episode. (laughs) Putting you on the spot. In what way? (laughs) I mean, do you think it was a fair outcome do you think more should have been done did you like the episode oh Anything. i liked.
0: okay i liked the episode that sounds fucking creepy right? it does sound bad um, um it was intriguing it, because it, i had never episode. heard of
1: this so this was more like oh wow like okay especially being a woman you right. know i always kind of like to get the feedback there too because we talk about men nine times out of ten so when we get a woman on here it is very different and Looking at the previous Killer Speak episodes, the men on there were fucking terrifying. Yes. And, like, not emotional. Dina had a lot of emotion. Dina was the opposite. Yes, she was the complete opposite. And maybe being a woman, we can just show our emotions a lot easier. And You know what I mean? And being in a situation like that. But, I don't know. I was just wondering what your thoughts are on all of it. Did it seem
0: fake or... I think she was more fake, to be quite honest. Now, Did she maybe have a traumatizing life and things Mm -hmm. that do affect her and molded her to become who she is? Absolutely. What I don't like is I feel like she's being like, all these men did this to Mm -hmm. me. And it's all the men that did it. And I'm just a victim in this whole thing.
1: Yeah. Where
0: like that irritates me.
1: The victim card was played a lot in this episode. And I
0: have a hard time with that. When you have umpteen many opportunities to break the cycle and do something different. Yeah. And I'm sorry. It's like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different (laughs) result. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I So that's where I just, but again, I'm also kind of a strong woman on my own. And would never fucking do that. Right. So I can't yeah. fully understand why other people do. Like I don't understand how it doesn't
1: click. For me, I think for her, at right after meeting him, right, he had all these great qualities. Like a job and an it, apartment. And it like blew her mind, right? Food in the fridge. And she's never had a stable relationship. So she's yeah. like, finally, and I think that's where it all went wrong. It clouded her perception yes. of everything else. It went really grey. Because she's like, okay, well, he spent some time in prison. I don't even want to talk about it. Let's pretend it didn't happen because he's out now, right? We don't have to talk no. about it anymore. A year? Two years? Maybe. Maybe we don't need to talk about it. 18? 18 years? <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about we gotta it. We got to talk about it. Because guess what? That was probably... A lighter sentence than what he could have gotten. Oh, yeah. there was probably time served. Right. Right. Maybe it was like he could have gotten up to 25 years. Or he was like a model, mm -hmm, model prisoner. mm -hmm. Right. You just never know. It's like ask the fucking questions. And then when this, you know, torturous, sadistic sex started, it's like, what the fuck are you doing, Dina? Get the fuck out of there. You thought he was nice, but he's playing you. Right. He's playing you on purpose because he knows that you'll go along with it. Yep. Overall, it's a sad outcome, obviously, for the two families that lost their mothers and sisters and, you know, the people that they loved in their life. It's it's horrible either way. But thankfully, they're both in prison. Yeah, they're never getting out. Yeah. Next episode... We'll be covering a new series on Netflix called Catching Killers on the Happy Face Killer. And this depicts the hunt for the person responsible for the murder of a young woman in Oregon in the 90s. Love the 90s. It's everywhere right now. (laughs) There will be questionable suspects, ever-changing stories, and twists and turns you won't want to miss. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us in our Facebook group, Share Crime Podcast Discussion Group. I love all the people that have already joined. Hell yeah. We're having a blast. I love all the updates, all the memes. It's so fun. I feel like I know everybody kind of like personally. <laughs> yes. yes, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Sheer underscore crime underscore podcast, Twitter at sharecrime Pod, TikTok at sharecrimepodcast, and our email inbox, requests at sharecrimepodcast.com. We hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. Stay safe, stay sane, and remember, never run with scissors. Bye, guys. Bye.